Um, all right. So everyone good to go? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Uh, so to start out, we were hoping you could just talk a little bit about your sort of personal history with the university and how you would very broadly deal with the relationship between the 20th Ward and the University of Chicago. So I've lived in Woodlawn, it'll be seven years um, on the 10th. When I first moved to Woodlawn, I always remember because two days after I moved here, the young man and the six-month-old baby got killed right up the street from my house. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, we my children called it Murder, Maryland, because that baby was the first, but there were many folks that got killed um, on that street. And also, um, young people where I, where I once worked in Kenwood, Oakland, and in Bronzeville were getting killed and were dying on the way to the hospital. And so us not having a trauma center um, was detriment to me, especially since in 2009, my own kid got shot um, from an incident walking past a store. Somebody shot up at the store. And I want to say four people got shot that day and my son made it, was the only one to make it because his friends picked him up. They took him to Providence and Providence stabilized him and then moved him to the county. But those other three folks did not make it. Mm -hmm. It's actually how I got involved with Coco more heavily because of that um, campaign. Because what we wind up doing was getting a deleterious impacts ordinance uh, passed and that store um, wind up getting closed. And so um, young people who wanted to, and I also knew Kevin Ambrose, I knew his sister Christian, um, who got killed on 47 under the L, and because there was no trauma center, he died on the way to the county. And so holding institutions accountable is my relationship with the University of Chicago. Um, when I've talked to students, because I've had a couple of students um, do fundraisers for me and actually support my campaign, don't apologize for the education that you get here use it to help the folks that live in the 20th Ward. And so I don't see students or people who live in the 20th Ward, I don't see you as gentrifiers. I see you as people who have come to get educations, but also using that education to make sure that we hold the university accountable, period. And so there has to be a working relationship, but that working relationship hasn't worked for the 20th Ward residents. It's worked for the aldermen or the important folks in the community. And so it's being able to hold not just the University of Chicago, but any institution that is in a community. The people in the community should have access to those jobs. I love that we have a trauma center, but I hate that normal folks. So I, ha I had a stroke two years ago. And I was able to go to the emergency room. I wasn't in the emergency room five minutes before they rushed me in the back. Now, because it's a level one trauma center and they closed the other emergency room, I'm sitting there waiting because they are handling other patients. And so that's, that's the disadvantage to this happening. And so us working together to say, you can afford to have two emergency rooms, do it. Do it for the community of no other reason. You, you can afford it, you, you got it, you all have the space in the buildings, do it for the community because it's important to us. Um, and so for me it's any institution and whatever the university builds, there has to be a community process for the community having an input because we gotta deal with the trash, we gotta deal with the traffic. When those streets are, are tore up, people who don't live from our city are not paying for what the taxpayers are. 
And so a real conversation about how the university could accommodate the 20th Ward and High Park, because High Park also bears some of that burden of this huge university. Definitely. So I guess getting into the specifics of that, um, you mentioned wanting to open up a separate emergency room from the trauma center. Are there any other specific goals you have that you would want to talk with the university about and I guess campaign for if you are elected as alderman? So I like some of the things the university does. I just don't like the way they do it. Mm -hmm. So Metro Squash, to be example, Ooh. right there on 60th and Cottage Grove. Where was the community conversation? So yes, Metro Squash is great. I know a young lady, her name is Yasmin. I don't think Yasmin's last name is Robinson. She's now over in Paris, because mm -hmm. oh. she was a student here. I know her family, I grew up with her mother. We grew up on the same blocks. That was a great opportunity for her. Mm -hmm. How many young people in our community will get that opportunity? They don't know about the program, so how can they? What did the university do to do outreach to make sure that people know it's a free program, that they offer after-school tutoring? Nobody knows that. It just, historically what has happened in our community, they open up new parts of the university, and we find out about it the same day everybody else finds out about it, which is unfair. We should be at the table part of that process. And so to me, an alderman is nothing but a community organizer with some money, which means you organize around what the people want to see in the community. So they brought the, the, the daycare. We have a war full of daycares. It didn't make sense. You're cutting off small business owners that are already in the community. And so it's like, let's have the conversation before you all decide on those type of decisions. Let's, and that's what that's the way that I'm going to hold them accountable. It's not going to be me and the university having a conversation. You got to have a conversation with this community. Mm -hmm. I am just a spokesperson. That's all I am, or, that, or that's all I plan to be. Is somebody who not just fights for them, but fights with them. Definitely. Um, so I think along with that, another obviously major thing both for the, you know, the 4th and 5th and the 20th wars is the Obama Center. And I know that you've said you're very staunchly in favor of community benefits agreement. I was wondering what your plan is to sort of bring those actors to the table, specifically the Obama Center and the university, and sort of force them to acknowledge and agree to a community benefits agreement. When I become the alderman, that's the first bill, that, that's the first ordinance I'm calling. Mm -hmm. So there will be an ordinance. Mm -hmm. That's already a conversation that I'm having with elected officials don't get me wrong, I don't get along with a lot of them on the city council because I've fought with them on education, on housing, on a lot of different things, safety. And so we ain't friends, and I'm not looking to be your friends, but what I'm looking to you is to make a decision based on what my community wants. And when you feel like you don't vote with me or you want to vote against me, you're going to have to answer to my community because I'm going to be taking notes. This who all voted no to us having an ordinance. They're saying that it's okay to use our tax dollars in our communities, but we cannot benefit on them. Would they pull that bull in High Park? No, they won't. Would they do it in Lincoln Park? No. They only do it because predominantly this is a black and Latino neighborhood. So let's call racism what it is, and that's the uncomfortable conversation. Too bad. I ain't taking this job to be comfortable. I'm getting it because I'm tired of living in communities where I'm required to pay taxes, and I'm never brought to the table to the decisions that are made. Do you guys want to do one next? Oh, no, sorry. Okay. No, sorry. It's okay. It's a school. I completely understand. Okay, so 
how do you feel, obviously one of the major issues that the city of Chicago is facing right now is the pension crisis. How would you tackle that pension crisis and do you support in any way reducing pensions for either already existing city employees or newly hired city employees? My mother passed on January 26th, which was two weeks ago. My mother worked 30 years of her life for Chicago Public Schools. How they write her up, for 10 years she was a school matron, which means she wasn't a union member. And then for her last years, she was SEIU uh, Local 73. Um, my mother didn't bring home half of what she made. So imagine bringing home $3,000 every two weeks to now getting 1500 a month. We got to pay into those pitches. People deserve to work, live, and retire with respect. So we're not going to cut. Now, we should have legislation about if you get convicted of a crime, you shouldn't get no pension. I shouldn't pay your pension. No. If you, if you are found guilty of misusing the public money and public dollar, you shouldn't get a pension. We can do a progressive tax. We can do a millionaire tax. Marijuana can go. There are some things that we can do. We can get a LaSalle Street tax. There are some things that we can do to make money. We're scared to go back to the corporate head tax. $33 after 50 folks per person. For people who don't live in the city, these corporations could afford it. We're too busy trying to be their friends. Chicago is one of the richest cities in the country. They've made millions off us already. They could come to the table, and if they want to leave, bye. Bye. But the people who work here, and we've already, think about all the public jobs that we've cut. We've privatized the parking meters. Everything is privatized, the lunchroom workers, the janitors. Everybody is privatized, and that's a high turnover. I work for companies that you all might not remember. I work for Ventures, and I work for Lenders and Things. I had 401Ks in both of those, those companies, more in Ventures because I was there longest. When those businesses went bankrupt and folded, I have nothing. So if I retire today, I won't get anything. How am I to take care of my family, period? And so people work for their pensions. We don't need, we need to pay them. We need to opt out. We need to stop opting out of not paying or prolonging. Pay the damn pensions. We got it. We keep finding space downtown to build buildings we can't afford. How many... Do, does anybody visit the Bean? I don't, I don't even know why they got it. Same thing with the Little Water. What the hell is that for? Chicago is already a beautiful city made up of communities and made up of people. We stop wasting my tax dollars. How much more did they need to build on Navy Pier? And they used our tip dollars to do it. We could pay them pensions. We just don't want to. It's not a priority. So the last three aldermen of the 20th Ward have been indicted. They are all going to get a pension for the rest of their life after they found guilty of messing over money and taking kickbacks on the backs of the people in those communities. Why should they get a pension? So it's more specifically people convicted of corruption. Mm, most definitely. But That's until the police. Yeah, police. So Van Dyke, why should... He shot that baby 16 times. He's going to spend 81 months, but he's going to get a pension from us for the rest of his life, which makes it say, it's okay for you to kill somebody. We still going to take care of you in your retirement. No. No. Okay, but for people convicted of crimes such as drug offenses, things like that, do you believe they should still be eligible for pensions? There has to be some conversation, but definitely people who mismanage our money. 
people who take from the communities that they are supposed to serve, let's have a real conversation about that. Brought up, we brought up policing a little bit, um, and we were curious more specifically about your stance on how policing should change in the 20th Ward, and also how you foresee the relationship between the CPD and the UCPD sort of changing or... That UP, that, that the University of Chicago Police repeal and replace. Mm. They made those laws while we were fighting school closes and everything else. So it went quietly that they got the same amount of power as the Chicago police. We already questioned the Chicago police. Why the hell would we give it to some other folks? And they shot one of their own students and tried to sweep it under the rug and students brought it out? Like, we okay with that? Like, no. They need, they need if they're allowed to be under the Chicago police, which I would want to repeal the laws that gave them that power anyway. And now all of a sudden, because we're going to get the Obama Presidential Center and because we have dorms now past 63rd, now they get to help us to 67th now? When they could never come past, what, 61st? No, I don't feel comfortable. No, no. So you just want them to like, yeah, okay, yeah, together. Yeah, let's, no. You, they need to... Are, if they are supposed to secure the university, that's who they need to secure. They do not need to be riding in other neighborhoods. So you you got another set of gang members because the Chicago Police Department is somewhat like a gang. You got some good you got some good folks in the, in the police department. You got the bad, but the out bad weighs the good. McCarthy talked about this code of silence don't exist. He a lie. You got three officers who got off, but if you listen to the evidence though, they covered up what happened to Laquan. Like let's let's just let's just have a real conversation about that. It was covered up and they got away with it. It's wrong on all levels. And so when does the system start to work for low income and working families? When does it? And so we just got to have some real conversation about them. They were they exist to to protect the university. That's who they need to protect. They don't need to expand boundaries. Now, the university does have some offsites Yes, they should, they should monitor the off-sites. I totally agree. Because I want to say there are three dorms on the block I live in. I'm on 64th and Maryland. So they're, so I'm, they're supposed to protect their properties. But you're talking about just normal, you get to ride through neighborhoods? No. We, no, we got we to gotta go back to the table with that. Mm -hmm. I'm real concerned about that. Didn't like it. Yeah, let's, let's have a real conversation about that. So then in terms of the like Chicago police then, like what do you want to do to make them more accountable and more actually helpful? So CPAC and real community policing. Mm -hmm. I grew up on 45th and Calumet. The officer that I grew up around, his name was Officer Randy. Officer Randy still works that beat. Officer Randy got out of his car. He knew who sold drugs. He knew who sold cigarettes. He knew who was supposed to be in school. He knew who worked. And he did his job to make sure he saw a kid that was not in school, he put their butt in the car, and he took them to school. Mm -hmm. That's not what you see now. People, police drive right past. And so some safe community policemen. Not this. And in Woodlawn, we get a lot of rookies. Mm -hmm. And so you're training people to mistreat people because that's what happens in Woodlawn. I, don't, I can't tell you one officer in Woodlawn. I barely know the commander. I used to go to the CAPS meeting, but I feel like they were spaces where we blame the youth for all that's wrong with our communities, which isn't true. You talk about what the youth do, but what did you provide them with? Where are the after-school programs? Where are the summer programs? Where, where's after-school matters that can help those young people? Where are the youth spaces? They really don't exist in our communities. And so 
What do you expect for them to do? Stay in the house all day now? I got some homebody kids. But you could only give them so many Xboxes and laptops and PlayStation 4s. How much more they need to get outside. They, I hate that my children don't have the experience that I have of able to sit on my porch, talk to my neighbors, ride my bike up and down the street, and be safe. I was able to do that in my community. And I lived in, they call it Bronzeville, but it was the low end back in the day. That's what we called it. I was able to sit out on the porch to 10 o'clock at night as a kid and not worry about somebody snatching me, not worried about shootings, any of that. It's because we've created these, we've manufactured miseries in black and brown communities. We have. If you take away all the resources, what do you think it's going to do? It's just like a cat. Think about it. You love cats. I'm not a cat lover. I've got cats because my kids like cats. Plus, I don't like mice, so I know what they do. But if you back the cat that you love in the corner, what it's going to do? It's going to come out scratching. It loves you, but it's trying to survive. And so that's what has happened in our communities, which is why every time you turn on the news, it was just shooting in this neighborhood. It was just shooting in them. White on white crime is just has black on black crime. Latino on Latino. Asian on. It's all the same. So let's not act like it's not a problem, but it's centered in our communities so that we can get, we need to save y'all. We know what great communities look like. Give us the support that you give everybody else and move out of the way. That's like, I love lab school, but let me tell you why I love lab school. Because there's a one to 15 ratio. Those kids get to come outside, they exercise. It's like this city of Chicago knows what great education is. They send their kids to the lab school, but it's okay for my public school child because I make under $50,000 to be in a classroom with 35 other kids. And so it's like we know what a, what a working good city looks like. We just have a priority problem, and usually working families are not the priority. So before we ask So what is the very first thing you would do as alderman? What's your top priority? Is to give folks in the room to decide what we need in our community. That's hard. We're used to losing in our communities. And so the hardest part of my task is going to be getting those task force together for us to decide what we want to see. Woodlawn is made up of, I mean, the 20th Ward is made up of Woodlawn, Washington Park, Back of the Yards, New City, and Inglewood. All communities that have been disinvested in and all communities that have not had a seat at the table. And so getting them to the table and us working together and knowing that my vote will be based on what they come up with and what they say. We will sit together and decide what projects come to our communities. We will decide who needs to go and who doesn't deserve to get. It's so bad in our community. I live on 64th in Maryland. On 65th and Cottage Grove, there is a corner store and there is a laundromat. In that corner store, they got a gambling machine. Who in the hell authorized that? My office is on 6636 Cottage Grove. I'm across the street from Aldi's. Two doors down, there's a store. He has four machines with a stool there. Who authorized these gambling machines? I remember signing the petition to ask me that I want it. I remember the Alderman's office calling me and saying, let's have a conversation about getting gambling machines. But it happens. In back of the yards, they talked about this laundromat changing to a Popeye's chicken like they needed the laundromat or it was no they had no input about what it become or you know it was not even a conversation hey the laundromat is closing the people who have bought it want to put a Popeye's chicken here and people play this game of where the older men don't got no say so yes you do 
You control the zoning. Yes, you do. Okay, so you would plan to use zoning to allow certain types of businesses in Tabasco? Oh, of course. Most they've done it historically for us not to get anything or to or to pad the pockets of their friends. Mm -hmm. We will do that based upon what the community wants, period. And don't get me wrong, it's going to be hard. It is going to be hard because some people are like, we just want economic development, but we want economic development that pays a living wage, that makes sure that their workers have health care, that makes sure, you know, it's, it's economic development. I, I, people talk to me all the time about the Walmart. And so I know for a fact Walmart, A, doesn't pay a living wage, and B, so my son worked there and my daughter-in-law worked there. They had a baby. They gave them 39 hours on purpose just so my granddaughter wouldn't get health care. That's the type of stuff that Walmart, but we love them. They're in our communities, no. If Target want to leave, let them leave, but they wouldn't get another TIF dollar to build anywhere else. Mm -hmm. That's for certain. So you're going to leave communities that use you. And yes, it might not make the amount of money that you want, but what did you do to make sure it did? Did you hire people in the community? Do you all have community events? Every time I go to an event in the city, Target have a whole table of stuff they do. Do you do that in the community you're set up in? And so it's just we can no longer afford to work in silos. We just can't. And so the alderman who takes this seat has to make sure to connect all those dots and make sure that we're working together. Okay, great. Um, can I ask a pretty straightforward question? Sure. Is there anyone you would endorse or want to see as mayor? <laughs> I would want to see Amara. Amara. I would want to see, a, I feel like Amara gets it. I've seen her on the front lines where we're out there fighting school closing, fighting against police brutality. I would want her to get it. And a lot of the stuff she says resonates with me. I'm a low income working mother. I got five kids. I got a grandbaby. I got a cat and a husband. I'm on husband number three. I'll get number four. I'll be, be the Elizabeth Taylor of my family. Don't care. But at the end of the day, she speaks to people like me. When I'm door knocking in these communities and I see folks, I'm running because their issues are mine. I don't see them any different from me. I just don't. And so that's what I see in Amara. I feel like she has the power to bridge what Chicago is. We're the most segregated city in the world. And because of the base of people that she works with, I can see her bringing them together. Everybody else I feel like will take their pockets and that's who will benefit. And that ain't work for Chicago. So let me say this, what I've said before, because Amara, while I like her, she was a hard sell for me at first because I felt like she couldn't build the base of people she needed to get elected. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, no other mayor that sits in that seat can ever be as powerful as Daly and Rahm. That can never happen again. That's why these 50 seats are so important. We control the votes. You can't get nothing without the votes from the aldermen. That's why some of these incumbents that have been sitting there for 20 and 30 years, it's time to go. It is. Bye. See you later. We've had enough. I love Chicago, and I've stayed here this long because of my mother. And I'm fighting to stay. I want to stay. But the reality is I almost can't afford it. In a minute, they're going to start charging for air. We're paying the bag tax. They're going to bring the soda tax back. I'm sorry. They just are. They're figuring out ways to profit off the fourth 
poor. Think about this. $465 million were spent on red light camera tickets and booting tickets and tickets in the 20th Ward. For people who don't make over $50,000, for only 24% of the people in the community own their homes. So you taxing the hell out of people who renting. You know how many times I had to not pay my light bill to buy food? or not pay my gas bill to buy my kids' shoes, and that's a damn shame in one of the richest countries in the world. I know what it's like to go to bed hungry. That ain't nothing nobody is proud to say, but it's the truth. It's the reality, and that's part of the problem. We have not been transparent in a lot of crap that goes on in this city. Whoever gets this seat, win, lose, or draw. Same thing with the seat on the fifth floor downtown. We got to be in their faces at every step of the way. They do not get the opportunity not to respect our vote. You know how many folks I get to tell me that they don't vote? They don't deal with politics? I didn't like politics because I knew how nasty it is. I know it's going to get, before it's all over with, it's going to get so messy. And I took it in the high road for this election. I, I, I just had a conversation with our staff today about, I don't care what they doing or what they say about me, my record speaks for itself. So I'm just not gonna do it. It ain't, it, it, that's not my job. And if people see me doing that, what will they honestly think of me? It's one of the reasons why a lot of times I don't vote for people. I feel like if you gotta throw somebody else up under the bus cause you ain't done good, I don't wanna vote for you. Cause that mean when you get there, how you start is how you end. And if you start nasty and throwing dirt and being disrespectful to the people that are running, then that's what you're going to continue to do when you get in office. So that's it. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Yeah, Thank really you. I really appreciate it. it was Thank nice you. To meet you. You, you all as um, well.